If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. You are listening to the number one fitness, health, and entertainment podcast. This is Mind Pump. Now, in today's episode, we talk about New Year's resolutions. Now, most people, a lot of people, set New Year's resolutions. Most people fail at them. And the people that do get to those resolution goals fail at maintaining them. So in today's episode, we talk about how you can set those resolutions and stick to them and keep them forever. Remember, we have trained people for over two decades. And over those two decades, we figured out what works long term. So we talk about all the steps you can take to setting the right goals, hitting your goals, and then staying there for the rest of your life. Now, today's episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Z-Biotics. Now, Z-Biotics is a company that makes probiotics. These are genetically modified probiotics that you take before you drink alcohol that help destroy some of the negative compounds that alcohol produces in your body. Ladies and gentlemen, this stuff actually works. You take this before you drink. The next day, you feel amazing. Believe me, we've tested this many, many times. It's the only product like this on the market. It's patented. There's nothing like this out there. There's no hangover cure or anything that's out there that comes anywhere close to how effective Zbiotics is. Now, you can try them out and use the Mind Pump discount. Here's what you got to do. Go to zbiotics.com. That's Z-B-I-O-T-I-C-S.com forward slash Mind Pump. And then use the code Mind Pump for 10% off your first purchase. Also, uh, we have developed three bundle workout plans uh, that we had on sale last year that we've extended this year. So we've extended this till the 10th of this month. Let me go over those three bundles and see which one works for you. The first bundle is called the New to Weightlifting Bundle. This is for beginners. It's nine plus months of exercise programming. So nine months plus of all your workouts mapped out and planned out for you with video demos, everything. The New to Weightlifting Bundle is for you beginners. The next one is called the Body Transformation Bundle. This is for intermediate people. So if you've been working out for six months to a year consistently, this is the one for you. Again, it's nine plus months of all your workouts planned out for you. The third one is for advanced people. So if you've been working out for one to two years consistently, this is the New Year Extreme Intensity Bundle. If you want to take it to the next level, this is the one that you do. Also, nine plus months of exercise programming. And by the way, all of these come with a year of free access to our private forum where you could talk to other fitness enthusiasts, trainers. You can ask questions. You can post videos of your exercises to get critiques. You can get in debates about fitness and nutrition. And you can also find your favorite fitness hosts, myself, Adam, and Justin on there as well. So those are included with any of those bundles. One year of free access to that private forum. So here's how you sign up. You go to mapsdecember.com. That's the word maps, M-A-P-S, December.com. Dude, I looked up an interesting statistic, but it makes sense after working in gyms for so long. So check this out, right? 45%, so almost 50% of Americans make a New Year's resolution every single year. Good, mm. and, and that's uh, mostly fitness resolutions by far. Yeah. The most common New Year's resolution is to get in shape, lose weight. Is it still, is still one in two uh, lose weight in cigarettes? Yeah, I was going to say cigarettes or alcohol. or Yeah, number one fitness by far. It's like the vast majority. Okay. And then I think that those are the other, okay. the other ones. Okay. But, but 45%, almost half of everybody in America, so you're talking you know 150 plus million people, mm -hmm. start a New Year's resolution. Now here's the crazy stuff, right? Only 25% 
of those who make resolutions carry the resolution past the first week of January. Uh, first the week? first week. Yeah. Week. So almost half drop wow. off uh, after one week. I, mean, I would surprise me. Uh, wow. I what percentage do you think hit the goals? Hit actually hit their goal? Uh, less than one percent. No, no, more than one percent. I would guess uh, ten. Eight. Oh, that's, that's close. a good guess, well, dude. Uh, bad, that's huh? a good guess. Yeah, yeah. Eight, take your ten minus his one. Yeah, right, right. See, you know? yeah, what? Just, <laughs> just a, together. Just in a zero. Fight. I don't have any. <laughs> He's like half a percent. I don't have any confidence <laughs> in anybody. Apparently, yeah. So, so <laughs> sorry, guys. Interesting statistic. Now, working in gyms, um, you know, because all of us worked in gyms for most of our careers, most of our professional careers, right? I started working in gyms at the age of eighteen, and January is uh, such a. It's a whole nother animal. In the gym space. I mean, oh, yeah. you have your normal crowd that comes in, people signing up, people, uh, you know, uh, working out, making goals, happens all year long. Um, it starts to slow down around November, October, slows down a little bit. November, December definitely slows down holidays. And then January, it's it's insane. Yeah. You're looking at uh, 50% to over 100% increase uh, over your normal traffic. And that's just people coming in, working out, people signing up. It's like, it's insane. I mean, I would manage gyms where we would hit uh, $150,000 to $170,000 of, of new revenue, sometimes $200,000 of new revenue mm -hmm. uh, for a club. That same club would hit over $300,000 yeah. in a month of January, just to give some people uh, perspective how crazy it gets. And then, like clockwork, by April, it's back to normal. Yeah, every time. Well, it's interesting that they say the first week that forty-five percent people drop off. No, twenty-five percent, or twenty-five percent of the forty-five percent yes. that made the resolution. But I don't remember. I don't recall the gym starting to really get busy till at least two weeks in. Yeah. Mm. So I, I wonder if the, if the that's the other that's the leftover. Exactly. <laughs> I wonder if the traffic that we are used to seeing in our space, or working in the gym at the gym, right, was the people after the the first initial twenty-five dropped off because it wouldn't even get busy until months 15 on well, I, yeah i'm curious to see like uh when people actually start their resolution you know because i'm sure there's a lot of people that don't start like january 1st like right away like how long they delay before they finally like are like okay i'm gonna get going now. well i mean that's a good point because i think like what adam's saying that's 45 percent people uh let's say, okay 150 million people make a resolution uh almost half of them uh or sorry yeah a, a, a quarter of them i should say almost a quarter of them don't even start Right, that's the first week. They they make the resolution. They don't even start. Right. Yeah, it was a the, drunk. It was a drunk resolution. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm to gonna that. get hella in shape this year, yeah, and you yeah. wake up the next day like, what the hell? Was I don't, I I don't feel so good. Yeah, yeah. that's hey, <laughs> hey, you ever do next year? Yeah, next, yeah, next hey, time. you ever do that where you're with your buddies and you're all drunk and it's like three o'clock in the morning? Like, dude, tomorrow you want to wake up early and go hiking? Oh, yeah. dude, we're doing everything yeah. tomorrow. Great idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Never happens. But yeah, so then you get the rest of the people that probably start. But like it said, only 8% actually hit their goals. And of those 8%, this I couldn't find. I was looking this up and I couldn't find it. I would venture to say that out of the 8% that actually hit the goals, a super small percentage of them maintain mm -hmm. the goal. So let's say 8% hit their 20-pound weight loss goal. Very, very small percentage of them actually well, that's maintain the real it. game. I mean, that's the hardest part is sustainability. What can you, what can you start with that you can, uh, you know, keep going and and be able to see all the way through? It really has to be well thought out for that to happen. So I have a theory on why I think that we fail so much. Right? I think that it's how unrealistic the goals are. That's got to be the first thing. That to me, that the biggest mistake that I think most people make on a New Year's resolution is they they swing for the fences. They yep. set some massive goal. 
Uh, and sometimes, and, and I know we're, we're taught like, oh, be very specific. If you're going to set a goal, be very specific about it. But in this case, when you are, if you have not been working out, you've not been exercising at all or eating clean or anything like that, and you head into this, this New Year's resolution, you're like, okay, I'm going to get this fit. I'm going to do all these things. And none of these things you were doing the previous year, I just think you're setting yourself up for failure, at least the, at least from the perspective of a coach and a trainer who would help people get in shape and try and maintain shape. You're totally right because what I used to think was successful as a trainer was just hitting the goal. All right, here, oh, you got a goal? It's a big goal? Fine. Hire me and I'll make sure we get there. Sticking to uh, whatever got you there it was impossible. It took me a long time to really self-examine. I know you say this all the time, Adam, where at some point in your career, and I did the same thing, you look back and you say, am I really helping people? Like, right. Half my people don't even hit their goal, and then the ones that do don't stay there. So I think it's important we talk about not only how to hit your goal, but how to get to not just get to the goal, but maintain it. And I think that there's you know, after working with people for over two decades, um, I think we've I know we've talked about this off air. There's definitely some things we figured out uh, in terms of what works, what works not just to get you there, but what works to keep you there. And the first thing you talked about was the the uh, unrealistic aspect of, of goal setting oftentimes. Now, the reason why it's so unrealistic, the reason why we set goals that are unrealistic is, a tup- is a, some psychological reasons. Number one, when a, a goal is far away from us, we tend to overestimate, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if, if a psychologist takes a group of people and says, if they do a study and they say, uh, what can you do two years from now? the goals are crazy and lofty. The closer it gets to today, the more realistic it starts to get when they say, oh, mm. what can you do a month from now? Like, yeah. Oh, well, I don't know. I don't know if I can do too much a month from now. But two years from now, I definitely can do a lot. So <laughs> I think that's number one. And the second one is the state of mind that we do it in. Uh, when it's a new year, right? The calendar changes. Oh, it's a, it's a brand new year. That's it. I'm going to be a different person. We're in this motivated state of mind. And we have a tendency when we're in a motivated state of mind it's you know you know what it's like. My kids do this all the time. It really annoys me. You're super hungry, so you order way too much food at the restaurant. Yeah. yeah. Your state of mind is hunger. Right. So everything looks good, and then you order way too much food, and then you sit there and you're full, and half of the food is sitting there. In that super hyper motivated state of mind, making a goal, uh, you have to be mindful of the fact that you're in a state of mind that you're not going to be in all year long. Well, don't forget, we the goal can change, right? So I mean, I like the idea of point. of uh, setting like a long-term goal, but making short-term decisions based off that goal. Mm. So maybe you have this massive goal of, you know, I want to lose 50 or 100 pounds at one point. That's fine, but you're not going to focus on that. You're going to focus on the short-term decisions. What, like you said, what can I do tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And you set these small goals like, hey, if I haven't if I haven't uh, strung a one month in of lifting two times or three times in a month, that's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. That's a really good place just to start. Instead of going like, okay, I'm super motivated. I, I'm, you know, I hate the way I look. I'm going to change that. 2020 was a shit year. I'm gonna, it's going to be great. I'm going to the gym every day this week and like going out the gates with something so extreme from where you were just two months ago. Like, start off with a very simple, small goal and start to build wins and build on that. Yeah, here's the exercise I used to have my clients do. I would say, um, what is it? Give me a goal that you have that you think you can uh, that is that you can do forever. And what I mean by that is not necessarily the end point, lose thirty pounds, but rather the behaviors. Okay, uh, you want to start working out five days a week. Do you think you can maintain that forever? When you mm. say forever. 
people tend to be a little bit more yeah. realistic. Like, yeah. oh, well, they backpedal a little bit. Yes. Yeah. So, what can you do now? What's a change you know you can do now? That's challenging. That's the whole purpose of of having a, of setting a goal. It's got to be meaningful. It's got to be challenging. But what can you change now that you think realistically you can do forever? That's a, a, a better way to set a goal. And usually, what it looks like is way less than what you thought, right? So, if you're not working out right now, and I say to you. How many days a week can you work out starting now that you know you can maintain forever starting mm-hmm. now? It usually looks like one day a week or two, day, two days a week. Definitely yeah. doesn't look like five or six days a week. So realistic, you have to set the most realistic goal first. Well, another reason why I think this is really challenging is that what happens during this time, we talked about what happened in the gym space, right? So the marketing that gets pushed in January, I mean, it's like, I think most companies that are fitness companies front load all of their marketing to this time right now because they know that. They know Mm -hmm. these are the goals. And so what you have to, as a consumer or somebody who's wanting to get into fitness or somebody that's wanting to pursue their fitness goal is you have to be aware of the marketing that's going to be coming your way in the next few days, few weeks, Mm -hmm. and month leading up. And all of it is centered around quick results. Yeah. Yeah. If your marketing budget, if you're in the the weight loss space, the diet space, the health fitness space... Uh, a huge chunk of your of your marketing budget is for January. In fact, did you guys see Planet Fitness sponsoring yes. all the New Year's re- resolutions or the really New Year's? Smart. Uh, yeah, I mean that's their demographic, drops. right? You know, I was watching that and I was so what I was taken back by was, wow, why did not any of the other big chains I know. think of this first? Smart. No. Yeah, why did why did Planet Fitness be the first one? I mean, obviously the number one New Year's resolution is weight loss. Mm-hmm. So the fact that and and ninety percent of the people were watching the ball drop right during on New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. why would you not if you're a fitness company market like crazy? Super then? smart. So I would say this, uh, in jan- it, really, when you're just getting started, you have a goal, be careful for the gimmicks. If it yeah. sounds too good to be true, it is. Yeah. I promise you it is. There is no weight loss pill. There is no miracle diet. And there is no special workout that's going to magically make your body change uh, quickly, effortlessly, and easily. It's just not going to happen. There's just going to be so much of that out in the environment right now. Like It's just going to be all over social media. It's going to be all over the TV. Everybody wants you uh, to, to, to basically shuttle your momentum into you know, their product or their quick fix uh, you know, way to, to, to approach it. So yeah, you definitely have to be conscious of a lot of these like short-term you know, 30-day, I'm going to lose all this weight and, and turn my whole life around, uh, you know, you got to be very conscious that's going to be thrown at you. Right. And you're navigating to something that you might have never achieved before, which is permanent health and fitness. Not a, I was lean before and now I'm at overweight. You've obviously, if you, this is your goal, you've obviously never achieved permanence with this. So because you're navigating something new, slower is better. If you go too fast, you're going to take a lot of wrong turns, uh, and you're going to, you're more likely to fail. So take your time and do it one step at a time. Have you guys? Do you guys remember how you used to communicate that slower is better to a client? You remember how? Because that was like a hurdle. Mm-hmm. That was a major hurdle as a, as a trainer. When you get somebody who hires you and they they desperately want to get this 30, 40, 50 pounds off and they say, I want to do it as fast as possible. Yeah. Do you guys remember that conversation, what that sounded like from your side? Yeah, for me, it was always really trying to communicate the gravity of what they're trying to do. Uh, you, you, In order to change your body uh, forever, that means you have to change your lifestyle forever. How you eat needs to be changed forever and your activity level needs to be changed forever. Those are not small things. And in order to change fundamental aspects of your life, big things of mm-hmm. your life, 
it just doesn't, there's nothing that we do that changes overnight that way. So that would be the the, the way I'd talk to them and say, listen, this is a, a big deal when we're talking about uh, forever results. So if we, it's, we can't, it can't be done permanently and yeah. fast. It just I, can't be done. That I way. tried to paint the picture of what they were doing activity wise and what they're doing cardio wise and what they were eating and, you know, how many calories that was like, uh, you know, once they achieved that quick sort of fixed goal, uh, and you know, is that something that you're willing to live with? Is that something that sounds like you can sustain and you can keep repeating that process long term, or is there something you know? I, I can show you another way where we can build to get you to your goal. It's going to take a bit longer, but it's going to be something that you can last forever. I used to give them this extreme analogy, right? So if someone came in and no matter, I mean, obviously, depending on the weight amount, it would I'd have to extend this analogy, but it it, it tend to get the picture across, right? Which was. That if you came in and you said, I want Adam, I want to lose 30 pounds as fast as possible or 50 pounds as fast as possible. I said, well, that's actually really easy to do. If all you want <laughs> to do- Stop eating and get on the treadmill. exactly what, so yeah. what I would say to them is Jump like- in the sauna. So if all you care about is losing those 30 pounds, it's actually not as hard as you think it is. So stop eating for the next two months, come in here on the treadmill for an hour. And then of course I would say, listen, you know I'm not being serious and you'd probably die if you did that or feel absolutely miserable. And we both know you can never do that. But that's just an extreme analogy of what people are asking for when they say they want to get to their goal that fast. Maybe we won't go to that extreme, but we'll fall somewhere on that spectrum of doing things unhealthy and unrealistic and un and un in without you being able to maintain it for the rest of your life. Mm. So if you care about changing this, losing this weight, and then maintaining it for the rest of your life, there's a better way to do it. But if all you care about is losing 30 pounds, well, then you go that extreme route. But the more extreme you go, the more unrealistic it is that you'll maintain it for the rest totally, of your life. Totally, totally. Now, the next thing to, to focus on here is really about making a plan. And it, it's interesting how little, how few people, when they set a goal, don't go about setting uh, or creating the plan. They'll say, oh, I want to save this much money. Uh, and they, I just want to save them and they don't have a plan to do it. Or I just want to get in shape, but they don't necessarily have a plan to do it. Actually sit down and create a plan. And again, this goes in line with being realistic with your goal. So if your goal is to lose 20 pounds, you're not working out right now, you're going to sit down. By the way, the plan can be very basic or it can start to get more complex. Usually the way it looks is it starts off basic. And as you continue to stay consistent, it becomes a little bit more detailed and a little bit more complex. So uh, to give you an example, uh, you want to lose 20 pounds. I've never, I, I don't work out. I haven't worked out for a long time. Okay. Let me sit down. Let me see what I can do. Can I realistically exercise every single week for the rest of my life? Uh, three days a week. And then, you know, have that thought with myself. And I think, no, I, I don't think that, I think that might be too much. How about two days a week? I think I can do two days a week. So that's one part of the plan. Two days a week, I'm going to exercise. Um, and I'm going to stick to and Now here's the next part of the plan. What days are they going to be? This is important, okay, because uh, you know, working with clients, again, a loose two days a week versus a specific two days a week, the people who tend to have specifics tend to be more consistent. Pick the two days, pick the time, and then within those times, say, what am I going to do on those two days? And here you can get as detailed as you want. You could follow programs, or you could say something like, I'm going to walk for 20 minutes, and then I'm going to do some resistance training for another 20 minutes. It's going to be on Mondays at 3 p.m. and Thursdays at 8 a.m. or whatever. And you want to set a plan because then you have something to follow. It's in your schedule and it's something that you can look forward to and move through as your map. Well, and creating the plan, very similar to setting the goal. Uh, it's again, you. this is moldable. Okay, just because you 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 set a you you have this ultimate goal of losing a hundred pounds, and you want to plan for that, the better strategy is to set a more realistic goal and set a more realistic plan. So, 
It doesn't mean that after two months, after you hit that first goal and followed that first bit of your plan, you can't build upon that. Right, so right. to it's kind of I'm echoing what you're saying right now, Sal, which is you know set up things that you know that you can accomplish. Start to get some wins. Make the plan very basic and simple. Do not. I'm going to all of a sudden be weighing and tracking my food, you know, every single day. I'm going to start doing the treadmill for 30 minutes. I'm going to follow right. this program, go to the gym six days a week. I'm, don't add all this stuff. Start off with a very simple plan that is better than the plan that you had two months ago. And then as you start to get some wins and create some behaviors, then you can build upon that mm. plan. I've totally. seen a lot of mistakes uh, from, uh, you know, some clients that have come in with all of this like excess, like momentum that, uh, you know, well, it's going to be really tough to make this day work, but they like try and force, uh, you know, their, their time in on something that really just isn't going to be something that's going to be easy for them to rearrange and to be able to kind of figure out, you know, what is something that is like a, a total win. It's something that's already going to be not that far away from your current schedule is going to be a much better approach. Yeah. And I, I used to tell my clients that, okay, whatever goal we set, whatever plan we set and they and it's realistic make those rocks in your schedule. Okay. So this is again, part, part of the realistic thing. What time on Monday do you think for sure that you can work out? Um, and they'll give me a time and I'll say, okay, now nothing gets in front of this for now. Let's just keep this as consistent as possible. Make those rocks. Here's another tip. Um, pair activity with other behaviors. This is very successful because other behaviors that you do consistently are things you already do consistently. And when you attach something to it, it serves as a reminder and is an impetus to get you to do those things. So here's an example, one of my favorites. Um, walk 10 minutes after breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So that's 30 minutes of walking a day that you're not doing right now, 30 minutes of cardiovascular activity. It could easily, it could also be after breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I do you know 15 squats and 10 push-ups or, or something like that, right? So you're attaching activity two things you already do every single day, and then it's much more likely to become part of something that you do. It's something that is a part of your normal day, uh, your, your daily behaviors. Now, another thing that I didn't start doing till after I actually got into competing, um, but I really like this uh, to help my clients. And the reason why I liked adding this into like part of their, their, their plan, which is to track your progress. And I like to take over measuring body fat percentage and weight all the time. I actually just like to have them take a picture front side and back mm. of them first thing in the morning, every Friday. Right. So, and what I, what I like about that is one of the challenges as a trainer, when you are, when you're coaching somebody through like a, a big weight loss goal is the very first you know, 30 days, I don't want to see any weight loss, even though that's their goal. I really want to start to build their metabolism up. And so a lot of times we're increasing calories or we're adding foods into the diet. And so they don't see the scale really mm -hmm. shift that much. But I promise if you've been consistent, you know, for that month and you look at the pictures on day one versus the pictures on the, the fourth week of being consistent with lifting weights and making better food choices, even if the scale has not moved, you'll start to see a, a body composition change. Yeah, I like to I like to track performance. And the reason why I like to track performance is because if you're stronger or faster or you have more stamina, it usually means you're doing things yeah, things are working for in you. a healthy way, mm -hmm. right? I mean, not always. There's unhealthy ways of improving performance. But generally speaking, it's a uh, more more consistent. It's going to show that this, somebody's doing something in the right way. But here's how you measure performance, because here's where you can some of the pitfalls. One of the pitfalls with with tracking performance is people expect linear progress every single week. So I have to get stronger every week. I have to get better every week. It doesn't work that way. 
Instead, what I would tell clients to do is track every workout, how much weight you lifted, how many reps, or how much cardio you did, how you felt, you know, that kind of stuff. And then average it out for the for the week and then average out those weeks for the month. Then you can start to see some trends. And if month over month you're seeing progress with your performance, you are moving in the right direction. You're totally That's, moving in the right direction. I mean, direction. I look at it, so I, I like that um, because I think that speaks to everybody. Like mm-hmm. if you have, especially if you have body image issues, right? I don't, uh, if I, and I think it's important that I say this, right? If I have a client who's got body image issues, I'm certainly not making them stand in front of a mirror and take pictures every sure. week and compare themselves, right? Mm-hmm. But if you have a good relationship and you're you're okay with going like, hey, I'm out of shape right now and I want to get in better shape and I'm, I'm okay with that. That's not an issue for me. Um, I think that there's a lot of value in the pictures. This the strength thing is this, is I think the easy one that everybody is okay with and probably a better focus for most people. But it's as simple as this. It's just I think it's you know day one of the month compared to the end of the month. If you try and do week by week looking at strength gains or body composition change week over week, you know it doesn't work that way. You're going to have a good week on both those. Sometimes you're gonna, your body's going to change one week really really well. The next week you may see it like kind of stays the same. So instead of looking at it as a week to week screenshot, we're taking it every week the picture or we're painted tracking the strength over every single week. But we're really comparing the first of the month to the end of the yeah. month, every single month. And if you are seeing progress over that, you know you're moving. Yeah, more. I also like uh, circumference measurements. I like those. Uh, mm-hmm. Waist, hips, you could do thighs, arms. arms. Of course, the scale. Now, here's why I don't push the scale too much. People get obsessed with it, and yeah. then they start to lose weight in the wrong way or they lose muscle. So you want to use a com- – by the way, the best thing to do if you really want to get uh, you know more specific with tracking – is to be is to use more than one method because each method on its own you can actually start to game it and you won't realize you're gaming it but you start to game it right if you just want to lose weight you start finding yourself starving yourself a little more if you're just trying to gain weight you'll find yourself stuffing yourself a little more if it's just strength you might start to cheat in your exercises right with circumference you might start to suck in your stomach a little more when you, but if you have three things that you track and you can start to see the trends on all of them it's more likely to paint an, an accurate picture I've seen actually some cool apps now that they offer where you can take pictures of yourself and, and you can actually see over a timeline a time span like just you know like a video of how mm-hmm. your body's been kind of morphing pretty cool, oh, that's cool. Yeah. now here's the thing with tracking your progress it's this is very very effective early on in your in your your journey but eventually in your long-term journey you, it's not something you really use all the time like i don't track my progress anymore unless i have more of a specific goal so keep that in mind it's okay to drop off <coughs> on the tracking once you find yourself in this really good uh, and smooth mm. uh, rhythm, um, which actually brings me to this, the next point, which uh, I think this is very important. One of the hardest, uh, biggest challenges, I should say, with uh, people hitting their goals is just they're not consistent. And that sounds obvious. It's you know a lot of people listening are like, well, duh. Um, but knowing that, I think it's important to ha- create a strategy to improve your accountability. There are things you can do that have been shown statistically, and things that I've observed in my clients that dramatically improve uh, accountability. For example, when you set yourself up with a goal, the more people you tell and the more likely you are to actually stick to Mm. what you need to do to hit that goal. So if you just keep it to yourself, we let ourselves down very easily, right? I can promise myself things all the time mm-hmm. and then and then fall, and be okay with it because I forgive myself. It's not a big deal. But if I promise you know, Adam or Justin or Doug or my wife or someone else that I'm going to do something, I'm much more likely to stay consistent because I don't want to let them this down. This is a very big deal uh, for me, especially like when I verbalize it, when I say it to somebody else, like to me, that's like a bond. That's something that I... 
I I am working my best to to get to exactly what I said I was going to do. So I'm very careful about like you know telling people about that. But if that's something you're really serious about, I definitely think it's it's a valid strategy mm-hmm. to get people rallying behind you. That's funny. I think we're all very similar when it comes to that. Like I'm like you, Justin. I'm very careful about what I put out there and say mm-hmm. because I'm the type of person that if I'm going to say that I'm going to do that, you're like, gonna do it. I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. So I better be careful on like what I commit myself to. That was like a man. I tell you that what led to the consistency into competing was I put that out into the Instagram ether. You know, yeah. I said that on a platform where I, at that time, probably only hundreds of people were. So your reputation to, is on the line. Yeah, right? and what I knew was okay. The the ultimate goal well, it wasn't a weight loss goal for me. The ultimate goal was to build a business around this social media mm-hmm. platform. So I knew if I came out and I said I'm going to do this. And then I didn't, I could just kiss that big goal goodbye Mm -hmm. because at that point, then I'll lose all credibility. Nobody will believe me anything else that I say. Mm -hmm. If I say I'm going to do something and then I'm not going to follow through, I'll lose everybody. So there was a lot of pressure that, okay, I said, I'm going to do this transformation. I'm documenting it. Like I can't stop or else I'm going to ruin my big goal, which is to build a business. And this is why it's important. You carefully pick the people that you tell that are going to help keep you accountable. Tell the people that matter to you, people that support you, people that uh, cheer and celebrate your victories and mourn your losses. Right? You don't want to tell somebody that's like, you don't want to tell your jealous friend (laughs) about your goal because they're going to sabotage you. I've seen this before. I've actually seen this with clients where where I've had clients who are- their significant others. Yes, they're working out. Their significant other's not working out and they're kind of jealous about them working out. And then their significant other's like, oh, it's okay if we eat out. Oh, if you miss a workout, not a big deal because they're sabotaging them. So tell people you, you know that matter, that celebrate your victories. Tell those people and have a serious conversation. Hey, listen- I have this goal I want to accomplish. I'm telling you because you're somebody I don't want to let down and I want help with remaining accountable. And again, studies show that this actually works. Just telling people actually makes a big difference. By the way, this is one of the reasons, not all the reasons, but one of the reasons why hiring a trainer or a coach is so successful. When you look at people reaching their goals, their fitness goals, when when they hire a trainer versus when they don't, Obviously, you have someone who knows what they're doing, teaching them to exercise properly, all that stuff. But a big part of that is the accountability. They know that the trainer is waiting for them at you know six o'clock yep. on Tuesday to train them. I don't feel like working out. I can't cancel my session. So and so is waiting for me. I got to show up. Makes a big difference. Oh, that's why you see a lot of coaches that have coaches for that exact reason. Oh yeah, it's not a lack of knowledge or experience or know-how for themselves. It's that they know that man, if I paid for this or I tell somebody else to be there, I'm not going to let them down whether I want to or not versus if it's just me, real easy for me to go like, oh, I'm fucking tired today. I'll, yeah. wait, I'll wait till the next day. Yeah, so hiring a trainer or a coach, obviously you're going to get a lot of the value of their knowledge, which is I can't speak I can't speak more to that. That's There's so much value there in just that. But then the accountability. This is a trainer and a coach, especially if you hire a good one. They know how to keep people motivated, inspired. They know how to take people through the process. So it does make a very big difference to hire somebody that's good. You know, along the lines of accountability, this is another thing that I like this too. And I know that we've kind of bashed it early on, but I use this strategy a lot, which was the prepping. Oh, food prepping? Yeah. And part of why the food prepping worked for me so well was I think that I go out, I buy all this chicken and rice and vegetable and steak, and and then I I prep, you know, hundreds of dollars of meat and stuff in in one sitting. And then I've like, I don't want to waste that. Mm -hmm. And so if it's ready for me in the refrigerator, even when I have those cravings like everybody has, you know, at a certain time of the day or watching a show or whatever, and I'm like, oh God, this sounds really good. But I know I've got five meals Mm -hmm. that I've already, I paid for, I took the time to prep and it's ready for me right there. I normally go, ugh. 
okay, I'm going to go eat that. that. And then I eat it and then I feel 10 times that's better. That's why it works for me. Cause when I, when I food, cause eating out for me can be a problem, right? So if I'm trying to get leaner uh, and I eat out a lot, eating out is just going to screw you over. Uh, Cal, you know the calories and the macros and all that stuff in, in restaurant food is just through the roof. Uh, it's usually, it's very yeah. difficult to get a good healthy meal. They sell food that's super tasty and palatable, so that's what they tend to make. But if I have food set up, if I have lunch ready, breakfast ready, dinner ready, uh, and it's there, you know, I well, hate you're set food for away. success. I you mean, are. That's basically like what you're. You're just like you're making sure like everything's going to work out, and you know, clearing the cupboards and things that aren't like excess temptations for me. It's just that's all part of the process. If I'm really serious about a goal, I'm going to stick to it by setting myself up for success. Yeah. One strategy with food prepping, by the way, you can do two ways. You could do it. One way is on the weekend, you can make a bunch of food uh, for the whole week. Another way is to make a big dinner, and then the following day, the leftovers are what you have for, for lunch um, uh, the, the following day. I do that often, so I'll make a big healthy dinner, and then I'll have enough food left over for the day after, and so I tend to prep one day uh, in advance. Another accountability thing, you know, and this took me a long time because I guess as a, as a trainer, maybe it's our trainer pride, right, where – you know, I've, I've read all the books and I know how to put together a program for myself. And so I don't need anybody else coaching me or telling me what to do. But there is something to be said about having that completely mapped out for you to mm -hmm. where you don't have to think about it and you know what you're supposed to do every day and you either accomplish it or you don't mm -hmm. versus, oh, I'm going to go in and work out and I, I'm going to hit arms today or chest today. And it's like you, maybe I, I quit a few sets early. Maybe I do a few extra ones. And it's just kind of there's no rhyme or reason or structure to it. Where if you have invested in like a really good program that's done a good job of like it's written well, right, by somebody you trust, it's got a good progressive overload built in it. All I need to do is execute. I just need to follow the plan, do it, and if I've done it, and if I've got a good program, I know that I'll see results. Yeah, when you have a good workout program uh, that's all set up for you, a lot of great digital program. Obviously, we have our own that we sell, and on them it shows you know it's your workout demos, shows you the exercise form, all that stuff. And what happens when you do this is you know what you're doing on Monday. You know what you're doing on Wednesday. You know what you're doing on Friday or whatever. So it helps main, keep you accountable because Monday comes along. And you're like, I got to do Monday's workout on Monday. Otherwise, what am I going to do with Wednesday's work? I got to bump it. And it tends to make people more accountable and consistent. Not to mention, like Adam said, takes out all the guesswork. You know yeah. what you're doing that day. Yeah, when you got to think your way through it, it's like you're – you're coaching yourself on top of also training uh, through the process. So even like for somebody like me that, uh, you know, I know what to do and I, I can, you know, I've learned all these mm -hmm. techniques and it's just really nice to be able to just show up and get through the workouts uh, just like an athlete. Right. Now here's the, the next thing that uh, I think is important. And this is a psychological piece that is imperative. It's absolutely imperative for anything you want to accomplish long-term. And that is to fall in love with the journey and not the goal, right? So your goal is to lose 30 pounds. That's great. But don't get so focused on the goal that once you get there, you think to yourself, well, okay, now what? Where do I go from here? Rather, you got your goal of 30-pound weight loss, but now start to teach yourself to fall in love with what it takes to lose the 30 pounds. Because here's the deal. If you fall in love with eating healthy, if you fall in love with exercise, then you're always going to do it. It's never an issue. And it is very much mental, okay? It is very much a mental thing. In fact, I've done this with myself with things that I previously used to hate. Like I used to hate chores around the house. There used to be something I totally hated. But at one point, I had to grow up and say to myself, uh, I need to start doing this, so I'm going to learn how to enjoy it. I'm actually teach myself to fall in love with it. And then I find myself being more consistent. You know, one of the quotes that I like to use all the time is like, you know, who's going who's gonna to walk further? 
the man who's in love with you know reaching a, a destination or the man who's in love with walking, right? It's the guy who mm-hmm. loves to walk. He's mm-hmm. just he's always going to be walking. So falling in love with the journey is the most important part. If you do that, you'll not just hit your goal, but you'll surpass it and you'll never want to stop. You know, as a bunch of trainers, it's really easy for us to say that, right? But if you're somebody who hates working out, you know, do that. This is a very tough hurdle right here. And it took me a long time as a coach and trainer on how do I help somebody who comes in admittedly and says, Adam, I don't fucking like being here. Mm-hmm. Like I'm here because I know I need to be here. I need to make this change. I know it's important to me. I love my family. I want to live a long, healthy life, but I, I hate it, you know, and then trying to tell them like, Hey, you just need to love your journey. Yeah, They're like, yeah. yeah, fuck you guy. I don't, <laughs> I don't like coming in here. You tell me to love this place. So the thing that, and it took me a long time to figure out how do I get this person to love that? And that was starting to act like they would come into the gym to see me. And we would no longer talk about their goal. We would never talk about building the five pounds of muscle or losing the 50 pounds of fat or running faster. What all the, all the goals that they set for their New Year's resolution. I quit talking about that and I started to make all the connections in all the other aspects yes. of their life. So if I just told them like, hey, let's start eating this way. I add something to their diet. Like I say, I do with a new client. You know, I'd add something in their diet and then I would get, see them the next time in our training session. And instead of going like, you know, how do you how how's your day going and all the other bullshit stuff? I'd be like, hey, how was your digestion? Did you notice or how did you sleep or how was your energy levels? And as they'd say, oh, I've been good or I'm fine or I noticed this or my stool's all normal, and I'd, then I would connect it with the behaviors that we were starting to implement, whether that be eating behaviors or that be training. Like, oh yeah, I noticed that I feel really good when I do this. Oh, that's you know the exercises that we did the last week is starting to make connections with their day to day activities with the work that yes. we were putting in the gym. Yeah, a big one is the stress relief that you get from exercise. I think when people hate exercise, to them Mm -hmm. it's a stress. Like, oh, I know I need to lose 30 pounds. Uh, I got to go work out, right? So I would help my clients and say, okay, how do you feel before the workout and how do you feel after? And pay attention to that. And of course, if you work out properly, by the way, if you do a good workout, a proper and appropriate workout, you should feel better at the end, you should not feel like you need to, you want to throw up or crawl to your car. You should feel more energized at the end of your workout. So when I would train people at the very end, I'd say, how do you feel now versus how do you feel when you came in? And they'd say, oh man, I feel way more energized. I feel really good. And I would ask them that for a while. And eventually they would get to the point where they'd be like, you know what? I want to have that after workout feeling. I'm feeling crummy right now. I want to have a workout, an appropriate workout that makes me feel good. So once you fall in love with that, it's like uh, you're done. And there's other things too, like your relationships with your family and the things that you get done around the house and your productivity and work. There's so many things that I don't think I really noticed and connected before. I mean, I, I I noticed again right now, right? We're ramping up our own consistency and I'm, boy, am I just a better partner and husband at home? Like I'm, I'm in a better mood. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just more, more positive. balanced. Yeah. If Katrina asked for something that I have to like get up and go do, like <laughs> yeah. when I'm in like this November, like Thanksgiving time lazy mode, and she's like hits me when I'm sitting down watching football, like hey, could you go do this in the garage? I'm like, Ugh. you know, yeah. grumbling as I go downstairs to do it, or I'm like, oh, I'll right. get to it later. Where when I'm on my kick and I'm training, like I feel like I have so much more energy that when those those things, I'll get up and go do it on my own. Or I'll find myself just assisting her and helping her. A lot of times we just don't make that connection. You we don't, don't realize, realize this from Yeah, that. you don't realize yeah. it from that. You just think, oh, I'm in a better mood today or whatever, but you don't realize where that came from, that the root cause of that was because you train and you've been consistent with your eating and you've been good with your workout. You're so right because we 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 tend to only pay attention to the, the physical changes. Right. I'm more muscular, I'm leaner, I look better. But exercise, proper exercise and nutrition 
literally positively affects everything. Everything. Your mood, your attitude, your skin, your hair, your nails, your sleep, sleep. your yeah. libido, your you know, your, your productivity, how much sharper. I had one guy your once. Confidence. Oh, yeah, confidence. I had a client once that I trained who hated working out, right? He was this business. He owned his own business, self-made millionaire, very successful guy. Hated working out, but he did it anyway. He was one of those disciplined guys. I'll just do what I hate because I have to. And I remember one day, this is after, I don't know, six months of training. He comes to me and he says, hey, Sal, I just noticed something. He goes, since I started working out and since my fitness has improved, he goes, I'm a way better. He did sales. He did a lot of sales. He says, I'm a way better salesperson. I said, oh, really? He goes, oh, yeah. When I'm in front of a potential customer, he's like, I have this energy and confidence. He goes, I'm way more effective. You think that guy wanted to stop working out? The guy who loved to sell products and build his business? No, because he's connected exercise to making him better at the stuff mm-hmm. that he loved doing. And this is something that you can do if you just pay attention. You got to build those associations. You just got to pay attention. And now here's the last one. And this is important. This is an important thing to understand. Okay. Most of you, 99% of you listening right now, if you get on this re- resolution and you follow all the steps we just said, you're going to stumble. You're still going to stumble. That's part of the process. Almost mm-hmm. nobody is going to go all the way through smoothly, no hiccups whatsoever. Almost everybody is going to screw up, fall off, lose uh, you know, consistency, whatever. This is a wonderful opportunity to practice self-care and to be kind with yourself. Because if you're not kind with yourself, then you'll get into this situation where you just say, screw it all, I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to get into this situation where I keep messing up, so I'm just over it. Be kind to yourself. Everybody, everybody screws up. Everybody stumbles when they are on this journey. It's not just that. It's that when what happens to so many people when you, again, you set these very rigid, big goals and you and you mess up, you have a, di- a bad day or two or whatever like that, you think you've just, you fucked it all off. Yeah. It's like, oh my God. I'm I, already I, off. Yeah, so yeah. You know what I'm we'll saying? Never I just, now. Yeah, I'll never get there now. It's so it's so much further away. And then it just causes this spiral effect. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I remember getting clients, right? And you would, you know, do their follow-up and- you know, you'd see that they didn't get progress, right? It's like a month later and we, we go to track and they like they got they put on body fat. Like the worst thing ever is a coach you want to see or a trainer. And they would blame it on like a time. Like, oh man, that must have been from that weekend that I went drinking. <laughs> this and that. Said, Listen, you didn't consume twelve thousand calories in one sitting and put on two pounds of fat in that one sitting. What so I promise you, what happened was you might have had that hiccup and then from that you started to create better or worse habits again and falling right. off versus just realizing like, ah, I had a bad day, back on it tomorrow. like, And then you just get back on the horse. like It's going to happen. So I had this strategy and it, this has worked for me for a, a really long time. I share it with uh, all my clients. And so I would compete with myself. And the way I would compete with myself is I would consider what I consider a perfect day is you know, eating eating well all day long, getting my training in. And so when I would start off on a, on a goal like this or in a, in a New Year's resolution or any sort of a fitness journey that where I have been off the wagon for a while, I go, okay, I'm, I'm on it. And I'm going to start going. And then inevitably, just like Sal said, a, a day will happen where I'll stumble. This will happen to me this time around, like every time. When what I do is I go, okay, how many days was that? Oh, I made 12 in a row without a single stumble. So my new goal is to beat that is 13 days. Yeah, brilliant. Can mm-hmm. I get to 13 days? And then of course, what ends up happening on day 13, I normally can make 14, 15 or 16. And then day 17, a stumble happens. Okay. New goal. Can I make 18 days? And what ends up happening is that just keeps compounding. Then before you know it, you, you've, you've been able to string a whole month or two months in a row 
without even messing up, but you don't stress yourself out on it. You say, Hey man, that was instead I celebrate that. Like, Oh shit, I want a whole 12 days without a single stumble. That's cool. Okay. Let's try and make 13 now. And it's, it's so much more encouraging totally. looking at it as a positive thing that when you have that stumble, cause we know it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. So when it happens, look at it as like, okay, I got this many in a row. Let's see if I can beat that. See, and if you're not kind to yourself, here's what it looks like. And it, this may be you, this is probably you the last time that you, you know, quote unquote screwed up. Right. Instead of having you know one Oreo cookie, you had a whole sleeve of Oreo cookies, <laughs> yeah. or one you know scoop of ice cream, you went nuts and ate the whole pint. This is the behavior that happens when we're not kind to ourselves when we stumble, because then we stumble and we're like, screw it, it's over, and then we go crazy. We go way. We actually uh, ha- create behaviors that we didn't even do before. Before we started, we we go crazy. Yeah. But if you're kind to yourself and you stumble. You get up, you dust yourself off, and you say, okay, you know, I screwed up. Everybody screws up. It's a part of the game. Let's get back on it, and, and let's see what happens. Let's beat what we did last time. I love that strategy. Yeah. Look, with that, Mind Pump is recorded on video as well as audio. Come find us on YouTube. It's Mind Pump Podcast. You can also find all of us on social media. Instagram is our favorite place to be. You can find Justin at Mind Pump Justin, me at Mind Pump Sal, Adam at Mind Pump Adam, and behind the scenes, Doug, the producer at Mind Pump Doug. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.